and welcome once again to the M4 Project, a movie podcast where we watch films the wider public missed and tell you if they're worth watching. This week's film, a bit of Australiana for you. You can't stop the murders from 2003. But as always, introductions. I'm Matthew Jelenic. I'm Michael Sullivan. And I'm Morgan Davidson. What do you got this week, mate? Oh, well, first of all, I was going to go back to something we were just chatting about then. But I thought we'd just have a, a quick um, ask Mikey about what he thought because we finally got him strapped to a chair um, and then his eyes so held open tape. like mm. a la uh, Clockwork Orange mm-hmm. yeah. and made him watch the greasy strap. When you said like a la, I was like, I do not remember that bit of the crime. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just curious to know what Mikey actually thought of. The um, Greasy Strangler. How you're going to get therapy. Yeah, it was it. like watching a really funny hate crime. Like, everything that's happening you know is completely wrong and against all morals, but it's hilarious. <laughs> that's like that what you're... Be- be- that might be the best analogy for that film actually because you're right it you, you just watch it going why this is so dumb also i'm laughing so very hard it's offensive to all of your senses yeah but you can't help but laugh at it that's mm, i i love that every right. time I, I i know something was coming up i just look at my yeah. watch his reaction and it'd just be like why <laughs> why? <laughs> my, I've never asked myself why <laughs> so many times in the span of an hour and a half. Uh, 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 yeah, especially the sex scene oh, with Big Ronnie. Oh, uh, <laughs> just, she took a back chip, I guess. All the ropes. <laughs> All, All the, the ropes. <laughs> Six ropes. Are White coming. milky ropes. <laughs> the are we doing it right, Janet? Oh. Are we doing it right? That was Big Braden. I know. Yeah. <laughs> or not so Big Braden. Sure. Um, and the other thing, we were just chatting before. Oh, that's right. I was going to start calling you Big Morgan and Big Mike. <laughs> <laughs> As I, and you guys had never heard of the surprise popper. No. No, no so, so never the, heard of the this surprise. The surprise piece. popper is when you're at school, usually in the you know in the the age bracket of between thirteen and sixteen. Mm-hmm. And you go to drink your popper provided by your mother, and somehow that popper, whether it be left in the cupboard for too long or a factory fuck up, yeah. has fermented yeah. and it tastes yeah. like goon. And you start to consider whether or not drinking it will make you drunk. So you give it a crack, but usually just feel shit at the end. Well, yeah, it's probably you're drinking a freaking rotted popper. Yes. But oh, it tastes like wine. It almost sounded like this was a this was a prank that you called on me. Like, no, yeah. multiple times. You get a pop like nowadays. You get a pop and you're like, oh no, that's off. That's just a that's that's that's, that's fermented a little bit. Tastes like goon. Chuck that out. And if you're a younger than twelve, it just tastes bad. And you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but if you're thirteen than, to sixteen, it's much better than sniffing glue. And you, yeah. <laughs> 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 we only make clag. Get it really close and get it stuck on the end of your nose like porridge. <laughs> But no, if you're that 13 to 16 bracket and you've probably snuck some of your mother's lambrushka by this point, you're like, this tastes very Mm. similar and I'm going to try and get drunk off it. (laughs) No, like I probably would have tasted it because I've, yeah, I've never had one, so I wouldn't know what the experience is like, but I would probably go, oh, it tastes like a really shitty wine. I'll just drink Siraz when I get home. (laughs) Kicked it. Yeah, that's fair. You were saying it sounded like a sex move? Yeah, I was when, when, thinking about it. The, to suck the surprise popper sounds <laughs> raunchy as hell, and the fact that it's, it's like so, I uh, sucked the surprise popper the other day. Yeah, yeah, I was in school. Jesus, man! Oh, really? Behind in front the, of everyone? Behind the demand. Usually, a girl would have said like, that. I would imagine. Time, you know, I was having me lunch, and then next thing you know, I'm sucking on the surprise popper. Got to do anything to get your grades up. Anyway, 
Anyway. This, this week's film was a Morgan choice. You can't stop the murders from 2003. Yes, and it's an Australian comedy film directed by Anthony Murr, who also stars in it. It's written and uh, it's co-written by himself, um, Gary Eckend and Ahmal Sali, who both star in it as well. Uh, the plot revolves around a series of village people themed murders in a small town and the police that investigate the, investigate the crime. I've only had one beer, I swear, but a lot of baklava. Um, <laughs> Uh, the title is a satirical reference to the 1980s film um, You Can't Stop the Music, which the village people star. So, yeah, basically this film focuses on the two police constables um, in this rural vi- village called Gary and Akmal. They lead fairly unremarkable lives. Uh, Gary's main aim is to be the crown, the line dancing champion of the village, and he always seems to be the runner-up. There's a great... Uh, running gag with the guy who usually wins called Sebastian. Um, <laughs> they're, they're animosity the there. Yeah. yeah. Gary. Sebastian. Sebastian. Um, however, a series of horrific murders involving the mutilation of bodies rocked the town and Tony is a detective from the city. He's called in to investigate because he just keeps on killing people in the city and I think this is their way of fucking getting rid of yeah. him mm. out to the country for a break uh, young Akmal's in awe of this you know big city Miami Vice style yeah. but his methods and that really do clash with Gary and the officer in charge of the station Chief Carter yeah Gary and Akmal sort of soon discover that the the murders have a village people theme with those murders having been in one of the occupations of the village people or resembling them they basically deduce that either it's a policeman or a dentist to be killed next because Akmal's not really sure <laughs> of the lineup of <laughs> the village people but they quickly deduce that it is actually in fact a policeman and they are trying to stop it. Sounds fair. Yeah, pretty much. Back yeah, on. the only the only uh, additions that I would make to that is it's being an Australian film and especially one set into a, in a semi rural Australia. A big part of it is about these character interactions between classic Australian archetypes. Like your bogans and and your one lone butcher, who's everyone knows is the butcher, and everyone seems to know everyone's business. It's a very small town, so everyone <laughs> yeah. knows everyone else. The butcher, like his premium mints. Premium mints. What <laughs> makes your mints premium? We've heard that your premium is- mints is just regular mints. <laughs> this is on the hard hitting news section. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What says it's premium? I do. And that sort of sort of thing that goes on. It starts very light and sort of just a fun little uh, portal into a rural it's, Australian town, and then these grisly murders start. It is and quite it a contrast between the two. Like the lovely uh, saying "Hey to the postman" as they go past. They're all on first name terms, and then there's a beheading or multiple beheadings over the over a couple of days. Yeah, uh, very different. Very yeah. strange. But at the same time, people even in this high stress time of holy crap, we've got a serial murders occurring. No one really leaves their archetype at all. It's just like. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> I reckon it was him. You fucking bastard. <laughs> but you turn him into premium mints, don't you? All that kind of thing. It's great. So, yes, that's a good back of the box. Yeah, good yeah. Of classic, dry Australian sense of humour as well. Mm. Well, heavily sarcastic. Actors and their performances. Sure. Leading off the top with Gary Eck playing Constable Gary Raymond. Brilliant. He is your over-polished... Very sort of by the books, by the line, dots every T, crosses the... And it's it's classic Australian yeah. character comedy. You've all seen this character on Australian television before. Yeah. You've all seen this character sort of in real life as well. Yeah. And it's a perfect depiction of what they're trying to get across. Mm. You know, he is a comedian yeah. and a stand-up comedian, I'm pretty sure, yeah, as well. Yeah, most of them are. Yeah, well, most of them are, yeah. To get this across to the screen as well, he does, for me, a superb job. Yeah. Yeah. He, he really does nail all the little mannerisms that make this person who believes in staying on the line and is slightly self-conscious as well, uses a spray to darken his balding head yeah. and, mm. and does all these other little things, but he's always very straight and neat and narrow and just, yep, 
here to be a police officer, be a member of the community. How's it going? How's it going? Fuck off. That's good. <laughs> yep. Hello. Uh, and he's just very, very kind. Drives a little uh, electric scooter to work every day. He has, has a crush on the on the reporter, the reporter. The news reporter but mm-hmm. he's always very awkward with trying to approach her mm-hmm. and have small talk to try to score points with well, her. Yeah, try, yeah, he tries to beef himself up because he's looking to move to the city to go to 60 Minutes. He's trying to beef himself up. He's like, oh, yeah, I do all this sorts of cool stuff. Uh, in, ugh. At one point, he vomits on her shoes and to replace, to say sorry, he gets her a $50 shoe, shoe voucher. Uh, she explains that they were $250. He offers to pay. She doesn't. Things happen. He takes the voucher back. So, <laughs> it's so good. And the other thing he does is he he, he, he decides to get her like a singing. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, a do- uh, what was it? Uh, like a songogram. So yeah, yeah. someone comes to your door and sings to you. And but he does it as a... For those who know you know Australian comedy, the guy who plays it is it's played by the Sandman. Yep. Um, so you get this yeah. monotoned guy dressed in a panda suit. Very awkward. Very, very awkward. Yeah, singing about how... <laughs> He, the the panda from the, is loves you from afar. They're yeah, very very funny. <laughs> Julia, you make me drooliya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any more to say on Gary Eck other than that? Yeah, he's he's a very by the books guy, but also he's completely out of his league for the case that that starts with the murders. Like he's used to finding people's dogs, breaking up um, domestics. That's what he does, and then all of a sudden there's murders. It's like cool. You're okay. Like, he really wants to help and he really wants to yeah. solve it, but he's way out of his yeah. depth. Yeah, he's like, yep, I can totally do that because I'm a good cop and good cops put it, oh my God, a body. <laughs> <laughs> and all this kind of thing. So, great Moving character. into Akmal, Constable Akmal, Constable. played by Akmal Sali. Yeah, so he's the um, Gary Raymond. The, the So they're, they're partners. They're one of three cops, I guess, that are in, in the town, including the chief. And Akmal is the junior, very dim-witted, constantly trying to create stories for his air quote movies that he's going to make one day but all of them are terrible they're just things things that just observed yeah things that he's just seen (laughs) and he just goes how about we make a movie about you know two cops and they're sitting in a car (laughs) and they're waiting for stuff to happen how crazy would that the be? original one I think he has is the super sperm. Oh, yeah, the sperm. That is the world's most have... intelligent sperm. <laughs> you can put a microphone up to the scrotum that he's in. He can talk to you. But the problem is the person that he's in is a complete idiot. <laughs> the, 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 the gag that runs through the movie with Akmal is the fact that he can't actually drive the police car. Mm. Um, so he, they often find him in the driver's seat when they need to do something and have to hop out, swip, switch yeah. spots, and then keep driving. Well, I think that's that's how we sort of we, we're introduced to the character. It's Akmal goes, yeah, it's my turn to drive so he's like yep here you go chucks him the keys they get in the car and bunny, bunny, hops. bunny hops a few times and they just suddenly get out of the car swap places get in and car drives away and it just keeps coming back every now and then he's like it's my turn one time they're in an argument and he goes to slam it and, and take off but then bunny hops and, and then they swap over again again another stand up comedian playing a role um, I actually like I've seen Akmel stand up and I don't mind it but in the few cup, in the few roles I've seen him in an actual movie I actually prefer him yeah, I, I, think, I think he's uh, similar to you. I prefer him as a comedic actor than a comedian, just a yeah. straight up comic. Yeah. Because the way that he played this, it plays a bit into how he does comedy, but he nails this very, not bright man, but very sort of has an inner light. And he's very chipper. He's like, yeah, let's do stuff. And he's constantly forgetting his gun everywhere because he's not yeah. really a good police officer. But uh, Yeah, it keeps on getting delivered back to the station and, like, and the chief gets on warning. This, this is the last at, time. Yeah, this, they found it at the taco store this time. It's like, yeah, I know, I, I'm so sorry, chief. It won't happen again. It's like, that's what you said the last 12 times. Just don't don't do it. So I think there's also the thing where someone references in the background that they only have gave him one bullet. 
<laughs> which comes into play later in the film. I, uh, he, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he yeah. reminds me of um, Will Farrell's character in The Other Guys. Yeah. Um, that's given the wooden gun. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what it just reminds me of. You know, this was made before that. But still, I only recently watched that when I, when I watched this the other day. And I was like, that reminds me so yeah. much of that. Anthony Muir, who um, directed this as Detective Tony Charles. You know, as we said before, he styles himself on this Miami Vice style cop you know well over the top has a massive kill rate um yeah because people basically yeah yeah, basically the um the result the reason he's out in this backwater town is kind of like the opposite reason that the guy gets sent to the backwater town in hot fuzz yes in hot fuzz it's because he's like he's making you're making everyone else look terrible because you're making the bell curve look like we all suck so we're moving you out of town Meanwhile, this character is like, you keep shooting people. You can't do that. You're making us look bad. We're giving you a case out in the sticks. Calm your fucking jets. For the love of God, stop shooting people. All right? Get the fuck out of the big city. You're insane. And then he manages to shoot a French stripper, which is the takeoff of that French guy that got shot at Bondi Beach yeah. many years ago. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't. You didn't know that? There was a French guy backing towards the water with a very small knife, mm-hmm. and police would just, like, end him. <laughs> Right. Yeah, so that's a reference to that when the guy's got the knife and he's backing towards... Yeah, but the Frenchie drops the knife, though, in this version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think this character is good because they give it just a whiff of backstory as well. Like, they actually explain why he's so trigger-happy now. Yeah. uh, Which I thought added a lot of depth to the character. I still thought he was a dickhead. Yeah. Hated him, but you had just just a little just a little twinge of sympathy or empathy for yeah. him. Yeah, and it was because um, he didn't shoot, wasn't yeah, it? When yeah, his partner he's, got he's telling a story where he he alters the end of the story to say that he saved the day, where it actually had that his partner was killed. Yeah, due to his inaction, I'm yeah. assuming because it's yeah, not yeah. really set. So I think it's that's a big part in his character going mm. forward. He doesn't want to ever make that mistake again. So but it, he goes the opposite yeah. direction, heavily the opposite direction, where he will then shoot anyone that yeah. trigger happy. Yeah, yeah. He's, or just he's or like just, an to, yeah, he's willing to use the gun in like that Miami voice, Miami Vice way as well. Like he'll just point a gun at someone, like you did it. I know you did. It. I'm gonna blow your fucking hand off unless you admitted you did it. And that's his main interrogation technique. Is basically yeah. threatening to blow a hole in. And them. if someone goes, <laughs> no, I swear, I swear, I swear, and then yeah, cry for a bit. He goes, he's like, that oh, wasn't them. All right, the holes is left. Yeah, you're free to go. Yeah, off you go. Yeah, you're good. He played a douchebag really well. Mm. Uh, this guy was very high and mighty with himself. The fear and sort of vague remorse he has up after the sex scene was very well done. Yeah. Yes. Like he starts and he's like, yeah, I'm a ladies' man, ladies' man, ladies' man. Gets someone in the sack who's a bit crazier than he was expecting and uh, sort of goes through a bit of an, bit of an event. An event. A definitely and, event. Uh, it ends with him sort of fetal positioning eyes wide while she snores next to him and steals the blankets and he's still just staring at the wall <laughs> all night yeah um, and that brings us really to the only other real person in the film which is Christy Harton playing Julia Broadmeadows the reporter she has her show what was it called hard hitting or something like yeah, that hard, or hard hitting news hard hitting news uh, yeah basically just yeah revealing that the, the butcher is exactly what you would expect from a tiny sleepy village in the middle of nowhere. just naming his mints premium mints yeah. and they may not actually be <laughs> but that's the, the, the definition it's like what, what makes it premium that is said it was premium which is true yeah, I'm the only butcher in town. Yeah. I'm calling my mince premium mints. Mm. What are you going to do about it? Her performance was was really good as well. Uh, she definitely came across as this person who was so keen to be bigger than what she was. And she's like, I'm, I've been talking to 60 minutes. I'm trying. The way she sort of puts hand on face and gets rid of 
uh, the lead lead cop is like, Gary. I'm not not really interested in that. Yeah, we're both polite to each other. We're nice, but don't think of you in that way, really. You're, you're unpleasant. Well, we reveal that's the sex scenes with her. The way she played that was brilliant. Just went all out, bit people. Great. Um, I think it was really again a a fantastic performance. They're the only like the the big main characters. But there's a lot, lot, a handful and smattering of other fantastic background characters. There's Jim Owen. There's uh, Bob Franklin. The Billy Billy Brothers. Brothers, Kitty Flanagan. Uh, Gary Who, and, uh, as we said, the Sandman as well yeah. uh, in the in the back there. But there's a whole like cavalcade of Australian, Australian, comedy. Of yeah. Australian yeah. comedy throughout. Looks and tone, looks and tone. Really like the way that they represented a sleepy little Australian town. Mm. You definitely get the feeling that it's out in the sticks somewhere. So continuing sort of tone wise, uh, that it was sleepy. And everyone's sort of lackadaisical in the way that they live their lives, and that continues through the murders as well. It's like, oh no, there's a killer. That's not good, is it? Well, they have, well, they, do, they have a, a town hall and a stripper show at the same time. And they're saying everyone's over at the town hall, and they cut over to the town hall, and there's about twenty people there. And that's the entire town. And yeah, they're all older than fifty. Yeah, like the entire thing. So it wouldn't be at the strip show anyway. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like the two younger ladies from who are in other scenes with the whole town are at the strip show, and that's it. <laughs> it's very reminiscent of Hot Fuzz. I could, I got a lot of Edgar Wright through it. Mm. I wouldn't feel right not comparing it to Hot Fuzz because mm. it has so many parallels. But this was done five years beforehand. Yeah, had a lot of a lot of similar comedy, a lot of similar shots. Mm-hmm. The actual premise is very similar. Yeah, it, in a sense, in yeah, a sense, in that it's it's murders in a sleepy town that has to be. Mm. There's a mystery behind yeah. it. it just shows the, the um, similarities between Australian and, and British comedy, I yeah, suppose. In, there's in a lot of very much so. The, and as said, you know, it wouldn't surprise if when that whoever made Hot Fuzz sort of had seen this, possibly. Yeah, it, feel, it would feel like it would be heavily influenced in terms of the parallels with, with Hot Fuzz. And the, ridic- sorry, the ridiculousness of yeah. the situation of yeah. what they're actually dealing with yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, similar, similar ridiculous comedy in that, that for example, they have uh, a, a work experience girl that's there, been there for all, uh, at most two days, but she's there taking photos of a corpse. Yeah, she's, yeah, like she's, she's their forensics officer, yeah, basically. Yeah, taking the photos of it's this like, crime yeah. scene. It's just so Don't they say to one of her something about her not driving or something like that as well? Like, yeah. Yeah, you can drive later or something like that. Or that yeah. There's a comment they make through the back seat. Um, it has a lot, of, a lot of that sort of comedy sprinklings, like just little comments here and there that reference back to earlier parts of the movie. It has a lot of running gags. Yeah. There's a ton of running gags for it it's, it's very clever in the way it executes it the officer constantly losing his gun is one thing the constant switching of seats and the drivers is another um, there's a lot of references back to uh, they have the, the mailman that, that yeah. cycles by and there's always oh is there anything for me today no sorry not today Gary yeah. it's just it's just a constant uh, constant callbacks yeah. throughout the entire movie which I think is done very very cleverly and very well Yeah, which, which again I think plays into the nature of where they are and it's basically in, in those tiny rural areas it's basically the same thing over and over again every day Mm. so those sorts of moments keep playing up but they build to crescendos in some points or become narratively relevant it's very very well done in that regard uh in terms of visually how it was shot um the version that i had uh i think was one of the better versions you can get but it still looks like it was taken off a vhs yeah uh, it, it looked a, a bit rough around that way shot composition wise well executed there's some interesting shots and how they've framed things up especially uh with the few moments of action especially the, the final crescendo turns into more of a traditional action mm. film shots and that kind of thing uh, but very much filmed in such a way that you would expect a comedy of this level to be done mm. it, had it done more actiony sort of things it would be even closer in comparison to something like Hot Fuzz this has mm. a has almost like a um, neighbours meets Hot Fuzz sort of feel to it to yeah. a degree yeah I get that and, and even in the way they did their little bits of horror as in it's not horror mm. in, in that sense but it's campy yeah, yeah. in, in yeah. the sense of how they're gonna 
like cut people up and those mm. sort of things. Like you don't really ever get to see any of it, just the placements of yeah. things. It's like disembodied whatnot. legs with like chunky bits off the end. But yeah. It's not gruesome in it. It's like so, that. yeah, it's so lame in its <clears throat> attempt that it's sort yeah. of like it's clearly yeah. a fake leg. Yeah. yeah. And I'm fine with that mm. sort of thing. I don't think that takes anything away from it. I think it adds to it, it yeah. in the sense of what kind of movie it is. Yeah. It keeps it very lighthearted, even with the subject matter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, disembodied corpses and whatnot. And, and even the theme in its sense, in, its, in itself, sorry, the theme of obviously there's something going on, which we find out is true, and there must be a reason behind it, but the whole theme of yeah. they are, you know, village people-themed murders. Yeah. What What is yeah, going on here? Yeah. It's funny, though, because, yeah, it's like they're trying to figure out who is the person murdering the people in this village in a village people themed murder I think it's very interesting what they've done very well is the sense of mystery as well like I, I was kept guessing by what happened for I, a long time I really like the way that they did it yeah, yeah. Um, the, the way they did the who is it and who's going to be the killer and, and leading you down false paths or giving you just enough information to keep the question going without giving you false information that said I did get it very early on because I knew it was going to be a murder mystery and I went probably that person just as just as a just a hunch and guess as, yeah again, there's no- I guess because basically my brain went... Yeah. yeah, there's nothing actually... By the end of the movie, um, with the exception of the people who have been murdered, yeah. you could literally have went over the rest of the cast. It could be that person. Yeah. And, and the, and the movie does the reasons that. in for It sort whatever. of elbows you towards some people. And I, I think the way that they've, they've structured it narratively is very well done. Like it elbows you a few directions. It's like, this person has a motive. This person had a motive. Mm. Or actually, that person has a really good motive. Oh, wait, no, they've got an alibi. Mm. Well, at one point I was even thinking they could go completely 180 with this and it could be... Seeing as this film is a mystery, we won't spoil all the little details right here. We'll wait till the spoiler section. So, yep, don't mind the uh, the gap here. Nothing to see here. Move along. No, no, no. The it's fact that fun. it actually did draw you down that have that many conclusions yeah. of it. Yeah. Well, very well executed. Yeah, 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 very much so. Overall, are we finished with looks and tone? Yeah, I think so. Mm. There's not much more to say on it. It is pretty simple mm-hmm. um, in, in its design and it's simple in what it's about, really. Yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't have a huge amount of... Yeah, it's who details really. needed, but overall, I think it's a, I think it's a really good movie. I, I, I saw it must have been too long after it came out, and of course, I saw it late night on SBS because mm. you know they show some of the best movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just fell in love with classic Australian comedy. Mm. Um, you know, if you like things like The Castle and, and those sort of things, you can't another hole. Not really <laughs> like this style. It's smart whilst being very simple at the same time. Yeah, That's it's very something common. that I think Australian comedy doesn't get enough credit for yeah uh, yeah i thoroughly thoroughly enjoy it i, I like everything about how they did it and and the absurdity of what what yeah what is happening and then mm. their reasoning for why it has happened yeah like i think at one point the main character's like oh we've got to we've got to figure out how this happened it uh, to do this you need a really big knife so I reckon it was the butcher because the butcher has a really, <laughs> really big, big knife. knife. It's like, well, does anyone else have a really big knife? I don't know. I don't search people's knives. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thought process they use when they're trying but, to do uh, it. Yeah, I like the fact that he, that's it. That's just like, I think he might be a good, good suspect. He built a diorama to, to talk to that dark mole about it. And I was like, yeah, it's a good diorama. And that's uh, it's an interesting point. But him being the stupid one, be able to go, yeah, but now, like, <laughs> other people have knives, man. Well, like, if you don't even listen to my ideas... <laughs> That's great. Overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that the right it was very clever in multiple different executions of comedy and run-on jokes. Um, it made me miss Australian comedy a lot. Like I mm. haven't seen a good Australian comedy in a long time. Um, it, I think it's up there in its comedy factor on the same level as The Castle, as you yeah. said, and like Crackerjack and other like, yeah. classic Australian comedies. 
I've thoroughly enjoyed it from start to finish. I laughed a lot in this movie. I thought so, especially the the crescendo scene at the end, <laughs> yeah, when uh, where it all came to, uh, to a head. I guess I would. Put it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I laughed more than I should have at that particular scene. <laughs> um, overall, freaking brilliant. I loved it. Really good movie. Yep, uh, I'm in the same boat overall. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Similar to you, it sort of made me go, "Why aren't we pumping more, more of these, these sort of things out? out? What? What? Maybe they're just going out, and I'm not seeing them because I'm being." inundated with other sources so I'm going to actually spend some time making sure I go out and, and give Australian cinema some more views because this thing is great mm. uh, and it's a shame it's been so long since I saw something as good as it yeah so overall thoroughly enjoyed it thought it was a good good a great because I'm, I've never heard of it before a hidden gem hidden it's gem of Australian so out of, some out, some out of left field yeah it just popped into my mind the other day I can't remember why yeah. or if I was looking for some other movie and mm. you know I've clicked on something and it had also started and I was like oh, I remember that movie <laughs> So yeah, I'm glad you guys guys enjoyed it, and there's, there's, there will definitely be a more a, a bit more of a sprinkling of Australian comedy coming com, coming into my yeah. I think there was one you, you showed yeah, us. Yeah, there's one the I showed you. Yeah, last week, and well. and yeah, it, it is. It's you know, it's a Mick Malloy film, and it's very reminiscent of Cracker Jack, and it's yeah. also very, very great. Cool. Great, great. On that mystical magical note, we're going to take a quick break for some spoilers and grab and some beers. 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 And we'll be right back. Beers. Back to the movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> spoilery dudes. I do want to rip the band-aid off and tell everyone who it was. It's the P-O-S-T man. man. Uh, the one thing That's I what I am. Yeah, the one thing I didn't really get about that scene is when they first took a shot of this of the mm. set, of like of the stage you were standing on, you could see all the outlines of all the Well, that's things. the thing. You could only see the outlines. Yeah, I know. And I was like, well, that's obviously all the cops. It's all the heads of... Oh, yeah, well, okay. Heads. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Well, heads, whatever. Yeah, but as an audience, just like... Why is there a guy seeing... Because they, they couldn't see that it was decapitated oh, heads. No, so, no, no, I got, I got that. So yeah. uh, what I mean is why the direction of the movie had the big sudden reveal of all the heads on the thing. Like, oh, this is the big reveal. Because it's revealing it to the audience, not to... Yeah, I suppose. And not it's also, the audience, it's also the audience to reveal the, the last person killed. Yeah. Because we didn't know that. Who was the cop? So you were yeah, expecting him to still kill a cop. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I've already done it. That's the chief's the chief. Yeah, true. Okay, fair. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. It, it just looked like the big reveal was for the viewing audience, even no. though we obviously could already. Well, yeah. you, well, you you could make that that assumption as well, but at the same time, you could have just thought, oh yeah, he set up some mannequins, not paying attention to the fact that he's been stealing heads. Yeah, not everyone would have got that. Like, not everyone would have got that. Suppose. Yes. Yeah. Fair. It's yeah, the postman. He yeah, he wrote fan letters. Fan it? letters to, to the, the village people. people wrote, wrote over three hundred songs and yep. submitted it to them, and they were all terrible. Mainly because he wanted them to have a post. Was it? Yeah. Well, post- that's one of the reasons why I got it as well. Was I went? It would. So it's got to be someone who's obsessed with the village people. They're killing people because they don't want to replace them. Otherwise, they would have killed one. They want to join. You need to be a something man. It's not butcher man. It's postman. Indian man. Construction yeah. men. Yeah. That's what I call them. Cowboy men. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be. You mean day drinking again? No. <laughs> uh, one thing that really uh, kind of surprised me on this one is that there's apparently six members of the village people. I always would have thought there was five. I don't know. In my head, I yeah. think there's five members of the village people. There you go. And they went through and did six. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Can yeah. you name them all now? Construction. Post- postman. Construction man. Chief man, yeah. chief man, <laughs> police man. <laughs> no, I can't do it. A biker man, sailor man. I'm missing one. Fire? Was it fire man? No, that's not fire. Tinker man. Sailor man, soldier man. We watched fire. it. We watched it. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. So yeah, it's it's the 
the the POST man. Yeah. He's decided as he reveals at the end of the line dancing championships, which our police officer friend Gary won. he beats Sebastian. Yeah, he beats Sebastian at long last, which was quite funny as yeah. a as a way to way to end it. As yeah. Sebastian's getting more and more, you know, frustrated, frustrated that, that Gary is not giving up in his hunt for the crown. Yep. Basically, it's an endurance line dancing competition. So it's if you do a move that they don't like and you get red carded and you can get out or if you just have to give up because you're going for so long. And that's what happens. Basically, yeah. Gary just outlasts Sebastian. But Sebastian gave it a fair crack. Oh, yeah. And I think Sebastian would give anything a fair crack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you get what I'm throwing out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be... Don't be too cloudy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of how to word that, right? Yeah. There we go. But, <laughs> and, but yeah, it, as spoilers go, it's not It's not a hit. It's a reveal, but it's mm. it's not a huge plot twist. Like, yeah. the, the reasoning they give behind it is, is humorous yeah. and comical. And adds to the rest of the movie, yep. um, and then he basically tries to to blow up the yeah. the, the hall. And- yeah, basically. Uh, additionally to asking for his mail throughout the film, uh, they've been advertising that they're going to have this thing called Fun Fest, which they do every year. It's going to be huge. Uh, basically, it gets the entire village out to the football field, and that's about it. And they have a few things, throw balls around, and they keep asking the postman, "I like, have the fireworks arrived for Fun Fest yet?" It's like, no, maybe tomorrow. He says that a few times. And obviously, those he's used those fireworks to explosive up his dummied well mannequins with human head human heads on them, uh, load them up with explosives. He's going to blow them all to hell because if I can't be in village, people fuck the lot of you. In a scene that involves our Miami Vice friend cop coming back to save the day, trying to take a bullet, but that's not the situation that's occurring at all. <laughs> so he just. Dive. Dives and <laughs> face plants and knocked himself out on the ground. He drops uh, an unreasonably large gun. Yeah, that's got to be a magnum. It's got to be a It's a that's big, like a big double magnum. magnum. Yeah. It's like a magnum on a magnum. <laughs> the barrel's a foot long. Yeah. Like it's unnecessarily long. Like the Joker, Joker should have pulled it out of his pants from the first <laughs> Tim Burton Batman film. Yeah. Everyone remember that yeah. scene? He shoots out of the bat plane with a pistol. That, the only additional thing is that it has a really long barrel. Anyway, uh, so Postman reveals it was him. Gary picks up the gun shoots his arm off, shoots the postman's arm off that holds the trigger, does a huge slide across his belly, catches the severed arm with explosive trigger. Day saved. And then he gets... During the dancing, he got the finally got the eye of the report. She realised that when he's just being... I'd like to point out that that is a recurring thing. Like, when he's constantly trying to be someone he's not, she pretty much doesn't have any interest. But in that moment, when he was being his truest self-line dancing, she fell for him. Oh, isn't that a lovely message? And she's like, oh my God, you're awesome. That's great. You shot the guy's arm off. And he pulls the gun on her. And she's like, oh my God. He shoots over his shoulder, killing the bad guy proper. And, uh, Blowing his head off, doesn't it? Yeah. Blowing his head, head off. off his shoulder. Comically flies backwards and hits it. Yeah, knocks over a mannequin. It's great. Basically, it's like, yay. And then we get a little montage of everyone returning to their lives in this sleepy village. And then he scooters back down the road, asks the fisherman he caught anything. He goes, no, you idiot. <laughs> he usually goes, what Fuck do you off. think, idiot? <laughs> Because, yeah, he's asked a few times. Waves, to the, like, waves no. to the butcher as yeah, he's playing golf. Uh, yeah. Waves to Akmal because Akmal's no longer a policeman, apparently. He's filming his film and with Sandman. It's like, no, you shut up, you idiot. <laughs> he's got a microphone on the other guy's crotch. Like, anyway, hey, dude. And uh, basically their life returns to normal. Yeah, Perhaps so. all a little bit more confident. He no longer needs to spray colour his hair a darker colour to convince people that he's not bald. All very humorous. All very humorous. What's next week, Pike? Next week's pick is 1989's No Holds Barred, starring, you guessed it, Hulk Hogan. It's a wrestling fic, so basically just an excuse for very sweaty men to touch each other roughly. Catch you then.